0: Melbourne AA Steps Weekend 2008. This is Bill talking about Step Eight.
1: Good morning, friends. I'm an alcoholic. My name is Bill. I'm sober today, thank God. I feel a little like Elizabeth Taylor's next husband. I know what's expected. And I'm not sure I can make it interesting. the uh, paradox in step eight where it says made a list and if you read the big book to get the instructions how to do step eight it says you already have a list and if that doesn't prove that the author was an alcoholic I'm to I know what would and I was one of the crazy ones who did a fourth step and fifth step and then tore it up So I didn't already have a list. And so I had to redo it. And that list grew and grew and grew. You'd think it'd be easy. All you need is a pencil and paper and a bit of a memory to write things down. And there you've got your list. And as thoughts came to me, I wrote them down who I owed amends to and uh, then I came to the second part of that step became willing to make amends to them all well I can tell you there were people on that list I was never bloody well going to make amends to ever I was lucky that I had a sponsor who was too clever for me which isn't difficult and uh, he said, now listen, split it up into three lists. Those you think you can make amends to now. Those you think you can make amends to shortly. And those who you're never ever going to make amends to. The third list was the biggest one. But I did start making some amends and amends to me does not only mean apology or restitution of money stolen or anything like that it also means a change in the way I am so I had to make amends to me I had to change and I'm old and I don't like change very much but I had to learn to cope with it so I worked through that first list and everybody from my family and a couple of people with whom I, I was friendly. I'm not sure they were friendly with me, but I was friendly with them. And I made amends, and the results, before I was halfway through, amazed me. Because some of them didn't even know that I had hurt them. And I had to explain how it was that I had hurt them. How I thought I'd hurt them. I said, Oh that. Ah. Oh. No, I never took any notice of that. And the fear that attended my making amends in these circumstances was almost crushing. But they were on the list and I did it now. I'm not gonna try and steal the person who's speaking on Step 9's thunder but it's pretty difficult but I do want to talk about how I got to Step 8 I had four, time, four, four years in Alcoholics Anonymous from 1970 and did nothing except go to a few meetings didn't drink and at the end of it I was still crazy and I drank again and it took me four years to stop and uh, as of yesterday when I rejoined AA, I've had 30 years without a drink. And I put the credit for that down to a few people. First, is the whole group of Alcoholics Anonymous. Every speaker I've ever heard at every meeting I've ever gone to. I put it down to the fact that I was lucky enough to get a sponsor who wouldn't suffer any of my nonsense I uh, I used to go to him and I'd whine bomb blah, 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 blah. and he's hard I don't want to hear any of that shit what did you do what did I do he turned everything back to me and that was the greatest thing that's happened to me in Alcoholics Anonymous didn't think so at the time but that's what it's proved to be And he helped me with my list. The idea of becoming willing for me was extraordinarily difficult because I'm a self-centred perfectionist and I didn't think that I ever was wrong initially. And I needed somebody like Bob to sort me out and tell me when and where I was wrong. And the list grew. But I worked my way first through the first part of the list and he said now for these and there were some toughies there there were a couple of ex-employers and I didn't want to put them on my list I thought they deserved for me to r- wrap up my expense account and borrow from the petty cash I, don't know. I thought that was my entitlement and I had to put them down on my list as people I owed amends to i had my first wife on the list she was not on the easy list she wasn't on the would never list she was on that middle list and that's where she belonged i think although i still carry a bit of a feeling that i didn't have a complete list of how I, what amends I'd need to make to her. I, she never discovered where I hid my morning drink. And what I did, I, at the end of my drinking, I was a whiskey drinker because Bond 7 whiskey was cheap and easily obtainable, and I would get home, probably half smashed, and uh, I would hide my morning drink in the Listerine bottle in the bathroom cabinet. And I would then knock off the rest of the bottle before I flaked out. And I never told her where I hid my morning drink to this day and I've been divorced from her for 25 years. I've never told her. But when I was about three years sober, she didn't drink, by the way, when, when I was three years sober we went to a party and somebody inadvertently gave her a scotch and coke she had a sip and she said oh, how can you drink this stuff tastes like Listerine to me
0: <laughs>
1: and, I, and I'm still not sure whether I should make amends <laughs> about that And I'm right now checking my conscience and I'm thinking no.
0: Nah.
1: <laughs> anyway these three lists. Those I could do immediately, those that I'd do afterwards and the third list those I'd never make amends to. And I worked through them, through the ones that I thought I could defer for a while and I even did some of the nevers. In my wallet I have a list with three names on it. Three people to whom I'm willing to make amends if I ever get the opportunity. There's only two now actually I had to scratch one off because I heard he died. But you know, over the period of over 30 years you do lose touch with people. I hope they're still alive, I wish them the best and I would love to run into them just to get that piece of paper out of my wallet. But I just carry it as a sign to me that I am willing to make amends to them. I find it very hard, this willingness business, because I know best, I think, and I'm continually finding out that I don't. And although that's not quite humiliating, it's a bit off-putting to find out that you're wrong, I find. With me, I get used to it, because it happens a lot. I came in with a fair degree of arrogance. And uh, I noticed on my name badge, they called me Bill W. I never, ever call myself Bill W. There's a very good reason for that. My first time around, the co-founder, Bill W, died. And my thoughts were, well, isn't that convenient that I have arrived just in time?
0: <laughs>
1: just in time. <clears throat> I still reckon I was overlooked. <laughs> I'm not too sure that I'm going to fill the 20 minutes in and if put And that sigh of relief, just don't make it too loud, will (laughs) you? Five minutes. I've rebuilt my life. When I drank after four years and stayed out there for four years, I because I had this nagging doubt at the back of my mind that I wasn't really an alcoholic and that after four years of not drinking I'd be able to handle it again. And it took a couple of weeks to find out how wrong that was. But it was my pride that stopped me coming back to Alcoholics Anonymous. I I couldn't face up to the fact that I would have have to say, well, here I am, I've let AA down, but I'm back. I wasn't going to—I wasn't going to lower my pride for that. And I drank and I drank and I drank, into a suicide attempt that got me into Monklea Hospital, that started me off getting everything that AA has to offer. Somebody said to me, "There's no magic wand in AA." Well, I don't agree with that. There is a magic wand in AA. The only trouble is you've got to pick it up and wave it yourself. And I was persuaded that I had to take everything that AA had to offer. And that included steps that I didn't want to do. It included carrying the message when I wanted to hide the fact that I was an alcoholic. It included the fact that I would need to put back into AA something of what I'd gained. All those things. And I've, I've done that for to the best of my ability for for 30 years. It sounds silly today to say I'm glad I'm, I'm an alcoholic. I really am glad I'm an alcoholic because I can become a member of a wonderful fellowship which will support me if I need it, which will offer me an opportunity to serve, which I always need. It's shown me a new way of living It's uh, mostly dealt with all my fears. Uh, I had a lot of trouble with the fear of impending doom every morning. And just in case you don't know what causes that, it's actually impending doom. (laughs) Because I was living on the edge of something bad happening to me every day. (coughs) You know, when you're on a time limit, you keep looking down. <laughs> it's like, God, turn the card over if I haven't said to you. <laughs> we'll let you off the book when we're ready. Well, I, I really feel appreciative of the opportunity to speak to such a large gathering. If I'd have known it was going to be this big, I'd have worn dark blue trousers instead of khaki one, just in case. <laughs> But
0: uh,
1: I owe my life to Alcoholics Anonymous. I absolutely believe that without without a shred of a doubt. And if I owe my life to Alcoholics Anonymous, I'd better be active in trying to put back in what I've gained. Now, I don't know if there's anything I've said will make somebody go out and drink again or will stop somebody from going out and drinking again. But I think the opportunities I've been given will stop me going out and drinking again tomorrow, today. Thanks for listening to me. Information about the annual Melbourne AA Steps Weekend is available from www.stepsweekend.aagroup.org.au. Thanks for letting us share.